Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiology and nutrition professor of about 15 years, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. Hey, and this is Phil Stevens. I'm back. Sorry, guys. I was I was out on the road. Woo. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, uh, coach. I run Strength Guild, a bunch of other things. Hey, let's start with that. I mean, uh, how was the trip? It was good. It was good. I, it was ne- I was just moving the whole time. So it was bouncing here and there, meeting a bunch of people. It was great to see... Uh, I went to the Reebok Record Breakers meet. So, you know, great to see all those guys, um, JP and Jesse Burdick and Mark Bell and Matt Vincent and, you know, Mike, um, Beach, both the guys from Hate Brand Goods and a bunch of other people. I mean, every, anybody who was anybody within powerlifting was there. Oh. Hmm. Um, so, you know, Dan Green was there. Ed Cohn was head judge. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I was rubbing elbows with Ed because I had to film all JP's stuff for him. JP flew out there alone. Um so he's he's like met Jesse once, and that's the only people he knew. But powerlifting's kind of weird. It's uh like JP's very well known in the Midwest, but he's only been out west, or yeah, he's only been out west once. So they don't so, know. Him. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean it's like it's it's very regional. So he's trying to get out there more and things like that. And uh, no, it's good. JP killed it. He missed the new world record by twenty pounds, but uh, mm. uh opened his squat at like nine oh three. Um, and then let Ed call his lifts from there. Ended up at uh, 9.59. Got it. It was hard, but he got it. And this is, a, we're talking walked out in sleeves, no wraps. Right. Uh, bench 6.27. Um, deadlifted 7.60 and then went for 7.82, which would have broke the current total world record and cramped up hard on his left side and didn't get that. But So he was 20-some pounds away from the new world record. Um, it was a long, long day. I mean, it was huge, four huge flights. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just good to connect with all. It gave me some fire. Again, you know, you go to a big meet like that, and I was like, oh, man, I miss this. Oh, right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know, but, Is that uh, dangerous for you, though? I mean, with your joint repairs and stuff, are you going to hurt yourself? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, I don't know. No, it was fun. It was fun helping out and, uh, you know, just, just having fun, you know, just right. shooting the shit. You know, me and Mark. Got a chance to sit and talk for half an hour or so, and you know stuff like that. Okay, so no. it was um, good. It was good. If you ever have a chance to go to one of those, I know they're kind of have another one. Uh, it, it was neat because you know you even got to talk to people. Like me and Mark had somebody walk up to us, and because we were talking about how neat it was, um, seeing all these people together, and they were like, "Yeah, it's even more neat for us regular guys." You know, <laughs> basically they're they're lifting in the same meet as you know the stars. You know, they had four flights, and it started off with beginner, and then the last flight was like the the all stars. Um, right. And, yeah. have, and being able to lift in that same meet is is neat. You know, it's you don't see that in some other sports. You, you know, know, it's like it would this be speed cool. is only for the top guys. Right. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, once once <laughs> I competed fair. in a bodybuilding show that was held uh, in conjunction the same weekend as a pro powerlifting meet, and I went to the you know Ed Ed was squatting, and there was these crazy like late fifties guys, uh, you know, um, in age from russia and they were killing it everybody with 900 plus squats yeah. and 
it was now it it wasn't like I was we got to compete in the same thing. It was almost an yeah. afterthought. We were the sideshow, but it, yeah. that kind of stuff would be very exhilarating for those lifters. Yeah, know? something like last weekend would be something like if they p- took the Olympia and like put three flights of beginners before. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah, that'd be <laughs> very exciting. Stage. Yeah. Yeah. So inspiring. Um, Yeah. It's a good time. So. All right. Um, We have a little bit of news and mail. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll start with the mail. Uh, We got a really nice letter from Joe. Joe, you know who you are. He just says, um, I've listened to every episode starting around episode 50, downloaded all of them and have kept up ever since. So I feel like we're friends, even though you obviously have no idea who I am. I love the show. Have utmost respect for you guys and the job you do. Uh, I wasn't in a financial position to help much before, but then I got a raise, uh, and you are part of my new budget. So I appreciate that, Joe. We all do. Uh, Also give you guys a shout-out on my blog. It's aimed at martial artists, not lifters, but what the heck. And I hope it gets you some more traffic. So I just thanked him. I thought that was very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, It is good. I mean, there are a couple of podcasts that I listen to, and you do – you do start to feel like you know these guys, you know, mm-hmm. quite a bit. And it is a community, so it's not entirely – it's not false. It's just it, – it is sort of weird and one-directional in some ways. But uh, but that's why I'm trying to get people – you know, if you tweet us between uh, 9 and 10 a.m. Eastern time on – well, on Twitter, of course, uh, you know, you, you can get in on it a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we have another one from Al. He just says, I've been listening for years. I really appreciate all you guys do. And um, both these guys are supporting the show now as part of the Fall Funds Drive. So thank you to Joe and Al. And also, Christopher, um, thank you, Ruvim. There's there's a couple of people who have stepped up, and that's very much appreciated. So we can keep the lights on and do uh, the stuff we do. Um, next. This is from Greg on Twitter. So thanks, Greg, for pointing this out to me. I had not seen this. This week on Twitter. Very new, as in this month, this year, study on insulin. There's an ongoing discussion and debate, and I I hear it both like in magazines and with lifters, but also among the scientists about insulin, right? We all know insulin is part of weight gain. We all know it has muscle accretion qualities, you know, but the debate is always, is insulin anabolic? Uh, no, no, it's anti-catabolic, you know, and that sorts of things. Now, all I all I can tell you is I have seen guys that were diabetic and not take their insulin, right? Type 1 diabetics can't make insulin. Their pancreas doesn't mm-hmm. work in that way and absolutely melt, like lose 30 pounds in a month, you know, uh, until they get back on their insulin. So mm-hmm. clearly it helps maintain tissue, but that's where, that's where this is going. So this is from the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism, again, through Greg on Twitter. So thanks, Greg. Increasing insulin availability does not augment postprandial or post-meal, right, muscle protein synthesis rates in healthy young and older men. So here's the context. He's, they say skeletal muscle protein synthesis is highly responsive to food intake. Um, okay. It has been suggested that postprandial increase in circulating insulin modulates the muscle protein synthetic response to feeding. So they took 48 guys, young and old. Um, they weren't big dudes. They were Their body mass index was in the low 20s, so uh, low to mid-20s. So average size guys, 22-year-olds, 
uh, in the younger group, and then they look at 68-year-olds were the average in the older group, and they gave them 20 grams of casein. It was labeled casein, though, so it's a tracer, so you can uh, track the protein synthesis. They did um, venous blood samples and muscle biopsies during a five-hour post-meal period. Uh, the results were insulin administration did not increase overall leg blood flow, but did increase amino acid uptake over the leg in both young and older subjects. And then, they, But then they go on to say the greater amino acid uptake over the leg did not further increase postprandial muscle protein synthesis. So this just seems confusing. Uh, I don't know if this, how much this adds <laughs> to the conversation mm-hmm. in a way because, A, it's very interesting. They say insulin didn't increase muscle leg blood flow. My understanding was always that insulin did help with blood flow, um, but okay. Uh, their conclusion was that greater postprandial plasma insulin availability stimulates amino acid uptake over the leg, but does not further augment muscle protein synthesis rates or stimulate the postprandial deposition of protein-derived uh, amino acids into new muscle protein in healthy young and older men. Hmm. So the muscle cells are taking up the amino acids, but it's not necessarily synthesizing it right then. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I can, I'm, as I wrestle with this, is this is very acute, right? This is five hours post-meal. Yeah. And I don't know what happens many hours later or over days and days. I mean, the simple fact is, I mean, Phil, you and I both know, when you overeat and your insulin's high and you have all this nu- nutrients coming in, you grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so if insulin's not doing it if it's not it's going to help with this i don't know maybe the insulin is part of the picture it gets the amino acids into the cells and then later some other slow acting hormone gets a hold of them and builds them into actin and myosin and that's kind of where i was going to go we i'm not going to say any names but uh it's better it's better not to but insulin from a from a bodybuilding standpoint if you will or something like that without Anabolics as well uh, led to nothing but getting fat. You know, yeah. adding extra mm-hmm. uh, exogenous insulin is what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think it's like a lot of things. I mean, people try and look at the body and they look at one single slice of the picture, and we're not that way. <laughs> we're a complex machine where all these things work in unison to make something happen. Um, it's just like when people are messing with any one single thing. It's like, yeah, I mean, I guess it does something to a point, but if other things, if other players don't don't join in, it's like sending a team out, a football team on the field with one good player. Well, you're going to get your butt kicked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you need a bunch of good players. So that's interesting you say um, that. I, I had an old endocrine prof, and one of the conclusions after the end of a grueling, you know, course. This was like doc work and. It was that hormones do not act in a vacuum. You know, they yes. they inter- interrelate with each other in ways that most people don't even realize. And in fact, I don't think anybody fully realizes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe that's what's going on here. Um, like I said, I guess I'm taking away from this that it didn't necessarily increase uh, muscle blood flow. And uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's helping the amino acids get in there. But like you said, if... if these guys were familiar, and there's some recognizable names on this author list. Van Loon, and there's a couple of them that I've, I've read their work um, much in the past. But they're not going to be familiar with healthy young men who, frankly, just abuse insulin 
you know, trying to make gains from it. Yeah. And yeah. and like you said, I mean, without the cocktail of some GH or testosterone or something else, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's polypharmacy. And I, I know more is not always better and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody – it'd be interesting to hear from an athlete who felt that abusing insulin worked by itself for him. You know, I just mm-hmm. – I got jacked and I, I don't see that happening. So, Anyway, so this, like I said, this also feeds the the controversy in a way among the nerds that I don't know. It, 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 insulin, it just it's so logical that it would help with, you know, because it's going to help you deposit glycogen and a lot of things. It might even interact with yeah. testosterone in positive ways in the bloodstream with like binding proteins and stuff. And yet, yeah, this is not the first time I've seen a paper say that it wasn't anabolic per se. You know, as far as uh, yeah, straight protein alone. synthesis. Yeah, yeah. So, so okay. Uh, obviously, there's a building blocks component too, because you know you look at the insulin like a potential brick layer, or testosterone mm-hmm. as a brick layer, but then the nutrients themselves are building blocks. But you know, nutrients like leucine obviously affect protein synthesis too. So the, it's like the bricks in your house partly build themselves in, mm-hmm. in a way. You know, because leucine being a building block, but also a stimulator. Of of MPS, I, I don't know. So, well, yeah, you know, it goes back to your old analogy of you know the protein of the building blocks. But if you don't have the the carbohydrates and this and that, you, maybe insulin's just the vehicle that delivers the blocks. And now, once the blocks are there, well, if there's nothing going on, or if you don't have blocks to deliver, <laughs> oh, you got an empty right. truck. Yeah, I think we're teasing yeah. this out. <laughs> I think that's good. So, <laughs> insulin is the truck that brings the bricks, but it's not the brick layer. Yeah. Yeah, um, and if you have, you know, if, if you're missing any one part of that, you know, if you have a truck with no bricks and workers, well, yeah, what good is it? And right, vice versa. Right. Okay, <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Phil and I are solving everybody's problem right there. Yep, there you go. Okay, um, yeah, that's all I've got as far as um, mail and uh, and Twitter. I do want to add this. I, we haven't done a contest in a while, so let me toss this out to everybody. Um, I was. Just looking at iTunes, and we it's been a little bit since we had some iTunes reviews. So here is the fall contest. Uh, if, listeners, if you can make two iTunes reviews, like get your, you and somebody else, uh, or, or make two tweets or do a combination of a tweet and an iTunes review, uh, I'll send you something cool. How about that? And we'll just do this honor system because I don't really have <laughs> – I don't have time to – yeah, to validate this stuff, and and I think we, we for the most part we have some you know honorable um, listeners. So if you can make two iTunes reviews and or tweets in some combination, um, yeah, we'll get you something cool for this fall. It won't be some huge thing because I don't know how many people will respond, but we have a little uh, cachet of Iron Radio goodies here, and uh, we will send you something. So we just so we can get the social media kicking a little bit, and then get you something some cool Iron Radio swag uh, in our fall contest. There you go. All right. Having said that, um, let's go ahead and go to break. When we come back, I should have mentioned this earlier, but Phil Phil and I are going to talk about the grungiest things, uh, some of them, that we have seen. So the title might be something like Hardcore or Just Busted, you know, Grungy (laughs) Tales from the Gym. Uh, We'll start with some definitions, and we'll get into that. So we'll be back. Hey listeners, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. If you've ever had anyone critique you uh, on your protein intake as part of your weightlifting lifestyle, oh, you poor meathead, 
All that extra protein is going to rot your kidneys or weaken your bones or dehydrate you or give you gout or who knows what. Uh, there is a book available. You could simply Google CRC Press and Lowry. And what I've done is reach out to experts all over the world and create a book, a single compendium that you can hold up and say, this is why I consume extra protein. This can be very valuable when you're um, being quote-unquote educated uh, by various professionals on the topic. Uh, there's enormous amount of literature in this book on the safety, uh, the effectiveness, how protein works in cells, the history of protein and weight trainers, uh, much more. So again, please check out CRC Press and Protein and Lowry. You can just Google that. And uh, I do, full disclosure, I do make a small single-digit royalty on the book, but that's not why I did it. I did it so we can all have something, uh, our particular population, uh, to both defend what we do and to inform our nutrition and our eating. Thanks. Fall and soon winter will be upon us. As the holidays approach and your thoughts turn to giving, please consider your friends here at ironradio.org. Over the past several years, there have been hundreds of listener comments hoping that Iron Radio stays on the air for years to come. Iron Radio is here for you. But as with any public radio type format, the show is listener supported. That's where you come in. For just $4 per month, you can become a supporting member keeping your weekly dose of education, experts, and gym talk flowing. Just go to www.ironradio.org and click on the $4 monthly subscribe button near the bottom of the page, or click the donate button at the right of the page for a one-time donation. You are the Iron Brotherhood and Sisterhood. Thanks for helping to create a place for better internet programming for all strength and muscle sports, and... Happy Holidays! Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, You can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, It's lawnman 7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. All right, folks, we're back. It's Lonnie and Phil, and we are going to talk about uh, hardcore or just busted grungy mm-hmm. gym tales. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start with a definition so this could be fun. A, a lot of lifters have probably seen or do lift in a, 
you know, hardcore environment. Can you give me a definition, Phil, of what's hardcore and grungy versus just nasty? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've lifted in some hardcore gyms, some gyms that I would just consider hardcore, like in warehouse areas and stuff like that that are – you know, it's – I wouldn't even say older. Well, I mean older equipment, but stuff that's in good shape still. It's highly used but still nice, okay. you know, yeah. yeah. if that makes sense. Um, there might be – you know, there's dust from all the chalk use and things like that. Um, chalk, yeah. You see that – yeah, you see that in a lot of, of weightlifting gyms and stuff. It's like you literally just can't keep it clean because there's chalk on every platform and this and that. It, it, there's a difference between just clean and filthy. Yeah, you know, um, yes, like you walk is. into my gym. I mean, it's in a building that was built more than a hundred years ago, and it's you just can't keep dust away. But there's not like sandwiches laying around half eaten and you know, <laughs> weird crap like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it doesn't stink. You know, uh, oh, it, that's a good it, one. There's a difference there. No stink so. is is probably a good one. I agree yeah, with that. I mean, yeah, the the heavy use. Like I like. Like sometimes, um, like for finishing work and stuff, you want to get uh, you to grab an easy curl bar, even push downs or something, and some tape that might be well used, a little stain yeah. or something. But it's not like totally nasty. But if anybody knows, like one of some of my favorite bars in the gym, they just have some old athletic tape, you know, and it's seen a lot of use, and it's just sort of tanned over the years. You know? Yes, like little crumbles yeah. in the corner, like like you said, the building's a little older. There's a little mm-hmm. bit of chalk dust or even rust, rusty plates, just yeah. a little bit. Like not crunchy, gross, but just that little bit of you know film. Uh, that just tells me that this stuff – I mean you almost think about how many people have come before you in the decades. My, my gym opened Bodybuilders in Akron back in um, 72, I think, and some of this stuff is probably original. you know. And, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's yeah. heavy, welded iron plates, so uh, – yeah. It's still, yeah, but you, it makes you kind of, it gives you that sense of history. Like you're, you're getting in a queue of people who have been building muscle for decades and it's just kind of, kind of cool. But I yeah, will say, I mean, like, like even ahead. my gym, I mean, like I said, it's mostly, I have a few of those chrome bars, but I mean, honestly, and people, the new people will come in and they'll see a shiny chrome bar and they like go for that one. And I'm like, yeah, you don't want to use that bar. That's one of the free bars that came with plates I bought, and it's a piece of crap. <laughs> that rusty one over there, that brown one, that's what you want to use. It's a good 1,500-pound rated bar. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, it's, I feel more at home walking into a gym that, that looks like people lift in it. It looks like it's been highly used by athletes. Then you walk into some sterile hospital environment where everything's shiny, and you know, it looks like nothing has been touched. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, oh, so. right. Yeah, a lot of um, – chain gyms are like that you know they're yes. too clean they're too chrome plastic mm-hmm. uh, yeah and you're like this no serious work gets done here yeah you're you afraid know? to rack a weight because you might scratch the rack you know and it's like no nah, i mean my shit's pretty beat up looking yeah. you know it's solid you're not gonna hurt it and that's right you know but, no exactly uh, it's solid right any kind of if you if there's a tiny little bit of rust here or there or like you said it's discolored or you know mm-hmm. you know how old olympic bars they just they turn dark you know a lot yeah. of them and yeah that's all such surface there's no risk there and that's mm-hmm. that's that's serious steel you know i mean mm-hmm. at, at least the good stuff um, yeah yeah not the yeah some of those newer bars like you said you start lifting with them and then they start bowing and stuff and they're yeah. cheap and yeah, yeah. so uh yeah, I was going to mention in at bodybuilders one thing that it, it does I think cross 
from hardcore into maybe a little busted is there's buckets around the gym where the ceiling leaks here and there mm -hmm. and that's pushing it you know that's pushing the envelope but the place is it's it's more or less like you said it doesn't stink i don't think i'm yeah. gonna catch something by going in there you know <laughs> i mean the, some of the, the carpet well, there's a carpet in the cardio room it's got to be original from the 70s it is old you know or the bathrooms in the locker room are sort of there's almost sometimes um not low quality, but there's a self-built element to some of these mm -hmm. things, um, and, and not just the weight racks or something. Although I did kind of grow up in a gym where the guy was a, a machinist, and he would weld a lot of his stuff, you know, like just make mm -hmm. um, utility benches and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah. No, we, we joke about bringing in, because I have a lot of clients in law enforcement and stuff like that, we joke about bringing in the, the Kansas Bureau of Investigation's forensic team with their lights to kind of look at the bodily fluids all around at some point. <laughs> but no, you've been at my gym. I mean, when I bought it, it was it was that, it was like, it needed a roof bad. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things it was like, that has since been, you know, fixed. And... uh because it used to, like I joked, in one of my rooms, if it rained outside, it actually rained twice as hard in that room as it was outside. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so that's going a little far. Right. And that's something, you know, I had to drop, oh, I dropped $30,000 putting a new roof on this place. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the one yeah, time that, I. That's I, the stuff you have to take care of. <laughs> yes, you do. I, I actually warned a student, if you remember, I brought Grant down, this was months ago. We were just on a road trip to a conference and, mm -hmm. um, and I warned him. I'm like, this can be a little grungy, you know, because I was thinking when I first saw your place, I mean, there's like, I don't know, it was, it's just like uh, old farm machinery, something in the corner or something. There was just mm -hmm. stuff that needed just sort of cleared out and stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. So I warned him, you know, this is going to be pretty hardcore, but you had already done so much with it. Yeah. And he looked at me like I was crazy, like, this is great, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just one of those things where, yeah. I don't know. There, there is some sort of a line there because I don't think anybody's going to walk in your gym and say it's a frou frou gym either. It's too pleasant. Yeah. It's too, you know, and it is. It's it's hard to put that that line on it. All right. Yeah. So, um, next up, next question would be, um, what's the grungiest, nastiest gym you've been in? Oh man, honestly, the one that I trained in when well, there's that the picture on the protein book. Of oh, me deadlifting yeah. my first seven plates, um, that one crossed the line. In numerous, I got numerous stories just about that one place. But um, like the owner would, he he got a bad drug habit, okay. and winter came along, and winters in the Midwest are not warm, <laughs> right? Um, and he decided he wasn't going to heat the place. So, oh and God. his excuse was. Uh, he tried to use the excuse of this real world training. You'll burn more calories and this and that. And, uh, he's trying to spin he it. Yeah. He's trying to spin it around. I can't pay the bills. <laughs> so, I mean, and I'd come squat and you know, you'd get warmed up and the steam off you would go onto the window and literally make a, a sheet of ice. Oh and, my God. uh, you know, at one point there was a lady in there using his, his 45 degree leg press and the top part broke and like landed on her lap and, and oh crap like God. that. So, I mean, it was. It was beyond repair. Yeah, um, beyond hardcore, you know, uh, drifting yes. into busted. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that one took, it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty nasty. That's funny you say that. Uh, just last week, part of the reason I thought about this was uh, Mike Nelson and I were talking about, I lifted in a gym once, uh, and this is on my list. It, it was called Muscle Gym. It's just 
not very imaginative, I guess, but, and I broke one of the pieces of equipment in there and I had some heavy dumbbells and luckily I walked away. But this, this same gym eventually, believe it or not, downgraded to at another location and they moved into an, a warehouse. Um, and the ceiling was half eaten away. And the, they had tacked up a military parachute, this massive parachute for the ceiling. And I think I might have mentioned this on the show long mm-hmm. ago. But, and like you, though, what happened was the Midwest winter came around, and that's not going to work, fellas. You know, mm-hmm. in, in Arizona, maybe, you know, but not here. And it got colder and colder. And, yeah, you, you see your breath. You know, you're bundled up when you're lifting and stuff. But you know, then you get snow on this parachute. That's not going to work, mm-hmm. brother, you know? And it was just, uh, yeah, muscle gym has to be high on my list for equipment that would break under you, you know, no roof. I mean, like you yeah. said, that's one of the, that's got to be a bare minimum, <laughs> even in a hardcore gym. Yeah. got to have a roof. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? And I mean, that's like even my gym. In the winter, we don't keep it hot. You know, I own a freaking 60,000 square foot warehouse that was built in 1894. Yeah. It's drafty. You've got those huge jet <laughs> things, though, right? Those, uh... you know, yeah. I mean, we don't keep it at 80 degrees. Yeah. You know, we keep it warm enough. If we have it at 60, it's like, okay, come in, wear some warm clothes. Once you're going, you're fine. You know? Right, right. Um, Reasonable. You know, you get to lifting, you know, you get a little warmed up and you're, and you're good. People start shedding clothes and now they're in shorts and a t shirt and they're lifting because they're nice and warm. Right, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it can't be like, your your drink, your protein drink should not freeze while you're training. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, a bad sign. Yeah. yeah. And things like that. I mean, I understand, right. you know, going outside and getting a crazy training session in outside, but I mean, yeah. So. Well, the difference is, like I said, you've got those portable space heaters or whatever, you know, they're yeah. blasting and, you know, and that's good. It's, it's, it's got that sort of industrial feel, but it, it keeps yeah. the place warm enough. <laughs> yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. Um, um, you know, there was one other one too. I, I would be remiss if I, cause I, I was mentioning this to Kelly this morning and she's like, what about Lake Hall weight room? Cause she remembers back when I was at Kent before they created the big fitness center, you know, universities all over are creating these big, almost natatorium style fitness centers to try to draw students in. But, um, yeah, in the nineties, that wasn't true. And Lake Hall was this throwback to an earlier era, man. I mean, it was like a, the back corner of one of these academic you know, halls on campus. And I mean, the stuff was old. It was, it was slightly rusty. I mean, you saw brands and logos that looked like they were from the sixties. Do you know what I'm talking about? That sort of, Mm -hmm. or 1970s, like old, old Nautilus type stuff or, Mm -hmm. um, stuff that was just so out of style. It looked really dated. And I actually really liked that place. I actually taught a couple of weight training courses in there, and then I would lift after school. And it's just one of those fond memories. You know, you just go tear it up, like, after after your your schoolwork is done and stuff. You could just get in there. And yeah, and the crowd that was in there was not pretty either. It was always the, the people that gravitate to that, you know, because a lot of the academics, they're not going to enter somewhere like that. It's not mm-hmm. pretty and clean and chrome enough. You know, but yeah. yeah, I have fond memories of Lake Hall Wheat Room, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, okay, next up. Nastiest dude. Can you, or I mean, I don't want to be sexist, guy or gal. Mm. Can you think of anybody who was really just nappy, nasty? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's a tough one. I can't really try and think of back in the. Yeah, when I, I know. was overseas or something. Given enough time, I'm sure we could come up with some good stuff. I'm just kind of dropping yeah. this, you know. <clears throat> Pulling us out of the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's been some stinky folk. That stinky. I mean, that's one thing that I can't. Oh, yeah. it's when you when you 
when somebody just smells bad, and I can't think of a, a person, but I know I've ran into them where it's like, wow, you know, I understand you you, you train and that happens. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. if you just reek, that's not good. <laughs> right. And there's been a few of those. I can't even pinpoint where. Hey, um, so as the owner, would you feel it's within your rights to just toss him, like have a couple of sticks of deodorant around it or deodorant spray and say, <laughs> hey, dude, really? Well, that, that? that just won't go. That's the beautiful thing about my gym is like, if you if somebody did that, they'd just flat out tell you, like, dude, yeah, you got it. Exactly. Shout. Yeah. You know, we're not very PC, and that's what I like about my. I was talking to somebody else about this the other day. It's like, uh, I don't have to deal with uh, people that just don't fit. My gym weeds itself. Mm-hmm. Um, our people will just tell you, you know, right. if you're not the right person for the job and i don't need the i don't my gym's profitable we're doing great and i don't need 150 people it meets a niche so if, right if yeah. You, yeah if you don't yeah. fit you're you're just out of there you're you're gonna leave yourself <laughs> because the crowd will oust you, know, you. having met so. a couple of the guys and gals i can totally <laughs> see that just sort of almost starting off maybe a little on the friendly side but just kind of busting your the guy's chops like dude yeah you stink. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's like uh, that's exactly what I was talking about. Like, if you can't handle, if you can't come in and handle, like us guys telling you you're a sissy, you know, <laughs> or you know, me and my wife, either of us telling like one of the girls, "Wow, you got a nice looking butt." You yeah. know, if you can't handle those two things, if you're if you're so PC, you can't handle that. You're not going to fit because it's going to happen. Yeah, you know, right. <laughs> we're gonna, it, and it's not going to be anything crass or rude. But we're going to be blatantly honest with you. Just raw. Yeah. Your your butt looks great in those pants. Keep it up. And some people would probably take that as highly offensive. And it's it's not. You're right. Especially, I think people in muscle and strength sports, they need to realize there are times where we look at the body like a car. It'd be like saying nice fenders or, you know, that's a cool, I don't know, tires. You know what I mean? You look at somebody's body and you... Yeah, you might say something that the average person would say. I mean, this is sexual harassment. It's like, no, I'm talking about your your legs, you know, in a in a more (laughs) objective way. You know, you're not getting an objective, complimentary way. Right. Yeah. Or if you're a, you know, I've got several like grown ass men that start there that are 200 plus, and they'll like they'll hit a PR and deadlift, and it's like, hey, good job. You're gonna start catching my girls here pretty soon. Keep it up. (laughs) Exactly. You know, things like that. It's like we're gonna help you celebrate it, but we're also gonna be real about it. Like, yeah, yeah, I got girls doing more than that. Right. You know. So keep it up. You know? <laughs> Maybe that's part of the hardcore thing too. Is that just the, literally like the verbal culture, you know, and and some of that. It that is. Goes on. And yeah. we we have fun. We poke fun at each other. We don't take we take training very serious, but we also keep it really fun. You know, we'll we'll poke at each other a lot, and that's part of it, man. That's part of what people like about it too. You know, they can come there, and I have people from all walks of life. You know, so um, people that outside of that place would be very clean cut and. You know, professional. But when they're at the gym, they're not. And that it's it's like their outlet. Right. So, yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. You know, as far as nasty guys, I, I'm sure I could probably think about this, too, if I sat here long enough. Uh, the only one that really jumps to mind, this is more weird than outright nasty, but there are one or two guys, and there's one in particular, he was just straight-up deviant that came into the gym. And he, he got weeded, you know, but mm-hmm. every rep was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And after a while, you're just like, shut up. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't have a problem with somebody growling out a serious lift, but when you're doing mm-hmm. it as a show, when you're yeah. putting on a display to try to make mm-hmm. yourself known, 
shut up or I'll, yeah. you know, somebody's going to punch you in the mouth here. Right? You know, this yeah. is not going to fly. You're, yeah. the, but that was, it was more weird, I guess, than uh, than gross. But yeah. Uh, all right. What about yourself? This is sort of time for self divulging. Have you ever done anything like anything from like have you eaten food you shouldn't have that were kind of nasty or recycled sweatpants too many times? Uh, yeah, one thing that I did in well, there's, yeah, there's one nasty thing right there that it's still I have. I have a pair of squat briefs that haven't been washed in like two years. Oh, <laughs> is it like a luck thing or just lazy? Or I don't know. I think it's just yeah. It's just like oh, it's time to squat. <laughs> and just I put mean, them on. Oh, yeah. if you if you did some tests on them, it'd probably be bad. Oh, um, no. Uh, one thing in graduate school, because I was, I didn't have any money, man. Like most Absolutely. grad students, yeah. And I used to eat those nasty ass cans of canned mackerel, and oh. like tuna, tuna's bad, yeah. And things, but mackerel that just takes the cake. And I mean, I I choked it down because, uh, well, it kind of has the same fat profile as a salmon and stuff like uh, yeah. that. At like did it make your bet? Did you smell? Your breath? Uh, well, no, but it smelled. Well, I'm sure I, I might have. Hell, I don't know because that stuff is bad. It's like fish bait. But I just forced myself to choke it down, and because it was, you know, it was an eighth of the cost of a big can of salmon. Yeah. And almost the same thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I just that that stuff's and I won't like I no. It's I mean I know it's good and I did it at one point, but I couldn't do it now. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, I think you sort of get PTSD. I'm almost that way even with salmon. I ate so much and not some nice, you know, flaky white albacore. I, I'm, I'm talking about the cheapest brown, nasty little shredded tuna. And I've eaten yeah. so many hundreds of cans of that stuff. I, I, I can't even look at it, yeah. you know. Um, you know, one nasty like thing you. I did, it just made me think about it when you were saying that, was uh, when I was lifeguarding, uh, desperately trying to grow. And, you know, there's nothing that will freak out a, a bodybuilder mentality, probably powerlifters too, as a skipped meal. Because you're just like, oh, mm -hmm. God, you know, my metabolism is living off my pecs, you know. And, yeah. I, and I had a large amount of pasta that I had taken to work. Now, remember, I'm a lifeguard, and I sat it there uh, in the pump room by the pool. And I don't know, it must have been 80-something degrees outside. And lunchtime rolled around, and I opened it, and just it's like green gas coming off of this stuff. Just like, <laughs> oh. And I'm like, I got nothing else. I'm yeah. eating it. <laughs> yeah. And I forced it down mm. and promptly threw it back up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, See, but, and I did that not too long ago. I stopped. You know, I get days. There's days where I'm just massively busy. I don't have time. And I was going to pick up somebody from the airport. And I stopped at the, a local uh, gas station up the street here. And it's kind of a ran down one. And I was like, I'm going to grab a sandwich or something and go. I go on there and I grab one of their little sub sandwiches out of the little refrigerated area. I take off driving. I'm eating that. And I get down to, like, the last bite, and I'm like, man, this thing doesn't taste good. But what do you expect out of a freaking gas station sub sandwich? Right, yeah. I, know, yeah. I wasn't expecting gourmet. And I freaking get to the last bite, and there's, like, mold all over it. And I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, shit. And I look at the package, and it had been expired for, like, four months. <laughs> oh, four months past date. And I didn't get sick or anything. But uh, nice. <laughs> things like that, my wife makes fun of me because I can choke down almost anything and be fine. Yeah. Um, you trained your immune I, system, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the same thing that happened in Thailand. Like, I drank the water for the first three months I was there, the tap water, until locals were like, what are you doing? Like, one of them saw me doing it, and they're like, we don't even do that. You, no, you don't do that. It's, it's straight out basically, of the ocean, you know. <laughs> yeah, basically, they, their water is cleaned enough to make it appear clear. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. 
and they're like, you don't even rinse your mouth out when you're brushing your teeth with that. Wow. Um, and I never got sick off of it. Wow. You know, I think I've just slowly built up this massive immune system that from doing dumb things like that. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine. I imagine. Um, you know, as far as clothes stuff go, yeah, I'm guilty of some of that too. I've got some very torn, like old stuff, like Under Armour stuff. You know, I like to feel a sense of compression, like when I squat and stuff. Some of the stuff should have been thrown out a long time ago. Yeah. You know, it's just stained. It's it's torn. I'll spill protein <laughs> shakes on something. You know, and that's a nasty. It's sort of tangential. But you ever spill a protein shake in the car? It'll ruin. Oh. It'll freaking ruin your car for months. Oh. The smell. Or you know, crack open a protein, like leave a pro- empty protein shaker in your car, and oh, just the, the remnants of that when you open it, oh, so that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. Spoiled yeah, milk, yeah. And that's no one thing Windler and I were talking about is like the sh- even the protein shakes from 10, 15 years ago. There was a point in time where you'd choke that down. It's like, I'm beyond that. I'm going to go spend four more dollars and get something that doesn't taste like crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were nasty. And it's like, and, you know, it, not that it's a bad thing to do that. You know, like I said, when you're a graduate student, have no money, college student, but now I, I've got the extra $4 now. Yeah. I'm going to allow myself to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's things you just won't do now. But, yeah, I'm the same way with, like, clothes. I have, like, my wife will end up throwing away shorts and stuff that, like, I like training in these shorts. And they're beat up. And then they'll just be gone one day. And I'm like, that's sad. You know, I liked those. She took them. Still, yeah, she'll, she'll just, oh, those are done. Those yeah. are gone. And yeah, it's like, those are my favorite shorts. You know? That's funny. Yeah. You know, it's, you're right. In the, back in the day, protein shakes were so nasty. Here comes curmudgeon warning, right? But mm-hmm. like back in the day, we didn't have lactose-free protein powders. So I would have to, like, when I moved out west, I was just having a hell of a bout with lactose intolerance. And it doesn't happen when I'm in the Midwest. I don't know what it is. But... Yeah, like soy. If you wanted to avoid lacto, lactose, soy is about your only option, and it's it's not a very good protein from mm-hmm. a muscle building perspective, like you know dairy proteins. But it's it's funny. Like I'll talk to students sometimes, and I'll even say stuff like, you know, you guys have like eighty kinds of diet pop. We had tab. You remember that? <laughs> like yeah. there was like one kind of diet pop, and I mean, or like low carb stuff that you could go buy low carb flour. Back in the day, you just didn't you didn't eat floured foods you know <laughs> you didn't eat bread you didn't eat pasta because we didn't have it it's kind of funny like i said that's my curmudgeon warning but and you're right some of that stuff was you either didn't eat it or what was available to the like in the muscle magazines and stuff was just straight nasty you mm-hmm. know nasty stuff yeah well that's about all i've got hey oh i wanted to offer one shout out here um over on t nation chris shugart asked me i should have put this in the news but you know it's Iron Radio. Deal with it. <laughs> is um, Chris is reaching out to people who have uh, been in their writing stable in the past or uh, that sort of thing, different experts, and he's asking little tidbits. So I, I'm trying to get as much of that done uh, as I can when he sends something around because he's got some good ones too. I just missed one of I think it was the weirdest thing you've ever seen in the gym. And, uh, but the one that's up right now is called The Most Important Lesson from Lifting, What the Gym Teaches You About Life. So, uh, listeners, you can go check that out if, if you're so inclined. Uh, there are some good lessons that I think you can learn. I think what the gist of what I told him was that in a lot of ways, you can, to me, I mean, there's a lot of things you can say, oh, discipline, oh, this, oh, that. But to me, it's almost that the gym, if you're, if you're clever or you're around it long enough, you start to realize a lot of the same lessons you learn in the gym 
apply outside the mm-hmm. gym. You know, so it's it's broader than any one thing. Discipline might be one. Sacrifice, you know, tolerance. I mean, or maybe times when you're not intolerance is a better choice. But I think there's a lot of things that you do learn. Uh, you know, situations where you want to quit and you force mm-hmm. through it. You know, that's sort of the gist of what I told him to is, you know, it's a it's a, an analogy. It's a microcosm of life in general. You know, it's a series of challenges that you must overcome. You either overcome or you fail, you know, yeah. and and then how do you even deal with the failure? So anyway, so th- some cool stuff going on there. A little commentary. <clears throat> all right. Uh, that's all I got. There you go. Uh, have a good day, everybody. Hey listeners, have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store. One for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry. And they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store. Uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each hall of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, The stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, Please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.